Good morning. Ooh. Hope you're having a very energetic day. That's how I like to start my day. Good morning and welcome to the Profit Lab podcast. I am your host, Marie Tarosian. I'm a certified 10X coach, CFO, auditor, certified public accountant, and chartered global management accountant. I serve the entrepreneurs uh, with uh, my uh, through my CPA firm, Marie Tarosian CPA, and through my management consulting agency, The Profit Lab. Uh, the Profit Lab podcast specifically serves to expand our mission to empower entrepreneurs by bringing their stories to the masses. We are thrilled to tell your story to inspire, empower, and uplift other entrepreneurs. Uh, check out our website where we have the audio version of the podcast, theprofitlab.biz slash podcast. Um, so just a quick summary of what we did in the, in the past few episodes. You know, we launched the, uh, the actual podcast on August 2nd, where I spoke about my entrepreneur journey and shared some of the, the valuable tech takeaways uh, from my experience so far. Um, so I plan to uh, feature entrepreneurs from all walks of life every week. Uh, so if you want to be a guest on my show, uh, feel free to submit your application to support at theprofitlab.biz. Uh, today is October 11, and it is our 11th episode. How cool is that? 11-11. And we are live on uh, Facebook at The Profit Lab Biz. We are live on LinkedIn, Marie Tarosian CPA CGMA. And we are live on YouTube, Marie Tarosian CPA channel. So make sure to please, please, please subscribe, follow, like, click the bell and all the whistles. And make sure to share, share, share so that uh, other entrepreneurs can hear the stories of the entrepreneurs that we are interviewing here. So today, my guest is Leah Marone. She's a psychotherapist with 20 years of experience based in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. She has facilitated over 20,000 therapy sessions, writes for Psychology Today, and she's an expert forum contributor for Newsweek. Uh, as a mental wellness consultant, Leah works with companies, nonprofits, and schools uh, on topics such as anxiety and stress, burnout, compassion, fatigue, productivity, effective communication, and emotional intelligence. Uh, with that, Leah, welcome to the Profit Lab. <laughs> well, thank you. And I'm loving the energy. And I love that I am the 11th guest on the 11th. I think that's. Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't even think about it, but it was like, oh my goodness, it just so happens. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I, I feel very honored about that. That's awesome. <laughs> so Leah, you know, usually we, I, I like to start uh, my, my show with asking the guests to Tell us a little bit more about their the, themselves as who they are, because a lot of times we kind of when we get introduced, you know, it's all about the business side of things. But like, you know, it's good to know the person, you know, so I'll give you leeway, leeway how much you want to tell us. But, uh, you know, it's good to know you, the person, Leah Marone. OK, me, the person, Leah Marone. This is a great. Yeah. OK, this is going to make me think, too. Well, let's see. I am a recovering pleaser. Okay. <laughs> I am a recovering division one, um, anxiety ridden athlete. I am competitive by nature. Um, but also I'm a space creator. So I love mm -hmm. that's kind of drew me into my profession. I think with creating space for people, whether it's through therapy, whether it's through just connection, whether it's mm -hmm. through helping them with, you know, business and building their team and, and just creating psychologically safe spaces. So I love, 
creating space, if that makes sense. Um, I have two daughters. I um, have a husband. I have a wonderful dog. Family life is great. Um, I think I was drawn to the profession I'm in because I it does allow me to create space for all these different roles that I like. Um, I of love course. variety. And mm -hmm. so my profession allows that as well as gives me that um, flexibility to just honor different parts of who I am. So that was probably a pretty abstract answer, but you feel free to, <laughs> to structure me a little further. <laughs> no, that's great because uh, I, I think I, I get exactly what you're saying because uh, many of us, you know, we, we as entrepreneurs, that's kind of what we're looking for, but maybe we don't say it in the way you said it. Because for me, it was similar, right? I started an entrepreneurial journey because I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to be a pro, you know, a good mom, you know, have time for my family for, from that end, be, be great at what I'm doing, be happy with what I'm doing. You know, like you, you, you said it, you know, it just brings you to the person that you are, like, you know, you know what you're doing. So, no, I love that. You know, it, it wasn't too abstract. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I am, I'm, I mean the the foundation of what I do and who I am professionally is, you know, I'm a clinician. Um, I'm a psychotherapist. I've, I've worked in private practice for many years. And prior to that, I worked mm -hmm. internationally. Um, I worked in grief and loss centers. I worked with refugees. Um, I've wow. worked in schools. I've worked with juvenile justice. So I've worked in hospitals and ERs. And so I love the variety um, and, and the experience that I, that I've been able to acquire. Um, mm -hmm. And I think just for me, you know, I, I grew up being an athlete. Um, and so team was a big thing for me. And I attribute a lot of my learning, my hardships, my growing pains, my anxieties to being <laughs> an athlete in a lot of ways, um, but it was the best training I could have ever had. And so I'm incredibly passionate about working with athletes. But I think one of the biggest things about being a clinician, especially in private practice, is it's quite isolating. I don't have my team. I don't have colleagues. I don't typically have that that unity um, and that challenge um, from just my peers. I do from my clients, of course, but that's a different yes. relationship. And so I think that really moved me into being more of an entrepreneur and kind of this yes. my profession, which is more of the consulting and and working with companies and startups and and businesses on just you know, anything around mental health. It's interesting. I was talking with a CEO uh, a few weeks ago and he said, so this mental health thing, like this isn't going away, right? <laughs> and I was like, no, no, it's actually um, been here. Um, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not going away. So it's, it's this, um, you know, it's not only leading workshops and, and training sessions on, um, you know, boundary setting on and compassion fatigue on stress management on and on all these things that have to do with wellness in the workplace but it's also helping startups like how do we want to onboard people how do we want to create this culture that really nurtures and fuels the wellness of our employees and really understanding and reiterating that that's an individual journey and responsibility but our environments and who we're around and who we're led by really really truly matters and so i'm really on a mission with that 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 is great i, I mean you know I, while you're saying that I'm, I'm thinking like where i was working before i'm like hmm that would have been really helpful to a lot of our staff you know um i think i tried to implement some some strategies and some fun time something to kind of build a culture you know obviously it wasn't my thing I'm, I'm technically the cfo it's not supposed to be my thing i'm supposed to be hiring someone to do it but 
we were a nonprofit. You mentioned, you know, you've worked with nonprofits too. And a lot of times, you know, they're short on, you know, budget, right? So, so it ends up being on the CFO to COO to kind of figure things out. And I remember trying to figure out ways to kind of, okay, let's, let's do a Friday, you know, one hour where we can all hang out, do some fun stuff together to kind of cool off, you know, the, you know, de-stress and, you know, that kind of stuff, especially after having, let's say a major event and everybody's like so burnt out, you know, um, and not everybody can take off. So, you know, for, you know, take vacation. So, so I, I'm like, while you're saying that, I'm thinking, oh my God, that would be so, so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that, that, that's great. That's great work that you're doing. So, so how, uh, so what type of, uh, I know we meant very high level, you know, corporate nonprofit. So um, how large or how small are those uh, companies that you work with usually? Yeah. Great question. Great question. So I've worked with some very large companies um, that, you know, are in the thousands and, and, and tens of thousands. And a lot of times what happens is one of their departments, whether it's their sales team, their finance team, mm-hmm. even the C-suite will be like, we need help. We need, we need this, we need this. And it's kind of this, you know, assessment. I like to call it, I know it's clinical, but kind of going in and really asking a lot of questions and really right. understanding how I can help. And so it's, a lot of times when I've done these really large trainings or workshops with a lot of people, especially when it's focused around mental health mm-hmm. and a lot of them are virtual for so long and we're kind of getting back to in-person, you know, people aren't as keen to ask questions, you know, it's a very vulnerable thing, especially with some of the topics. And so a lot of times what I love to do, especially when it's a bigger organization is having these more like, you know, workshops or educational things that generate a lot of self-awareness and they have tactics that they take home, but then offering almost these mini Q and A's or mini processing groups, I like to call it, where I only allow eight people at a time in these sessions Mm. when people can come and collaborate and get validated and ask their questions, ask their questions. And so that format, that format does really well with large organizations. I know a lot of the work I've been doing with, um, with teachers, especially in in the Charlotte Mecklenburg um, public school system, I do a three part training series, and those are smaller groups, and so it can you can you can kind of do a lot of that within those small things and small environments, and, and the more intimacy is is kind of a given. But mm-hmm. I love working with large companies. The leadership has to be on board in any right. situation. So right. a lot of times, you know, especially. HR professionals hit the brunt of a lot of things, especially during the pandemic. And so I was working a lot with their teams, but it was also like I found earlier on, like a lot of these are just band-aids because the leadership is not in alignment. Right. So really getting in with, with the leaders to understand where they're at and the barriers. And a lot of them, unfortunately, are on t- out of touch with a lot of what their employees are going through. You know, it's a very common thing, especially with large, large organizations. So I love to answer your question. I love working with all different sizes, but there's definitely a different format that I use. Um, and I think, you know, the, the goals are the same, but my whole aim is to generate self-awareness, to generate change and to give them the tools to, to be able to sustain that. It's not like a, here, let's just come in and let me give you a list of 10 things to do and cope with. <laughs> we can Google that. It's like, how are we going to be able to come up with that and generate that awareness and that consistency and that sustainability. 
Yeah, of course, of course. Mm -hmm. So then with, with consulting, for example, is that a maybe a workshop or something that you do every so often? Because I mean, obviously, it's great to go to a workshop one time, you get some tools and whatever, but then, you know, and then you kind of forget, you know, say I went to a workshop, you know, and you take some notes, you do some of them, and then you kind of forget, you know, unless you're repeating. So the do, you know, do you do it as a maybe quarterly touch point or that kind of stuff? Absolutely. There's several companies right now that we do have a quarterly a format. And there's a few that I, I have every two weeks, I call it like a Q&A coffee hour. And I have just, I'm on a Zoom call for 30 minutes. Okay. And if anyone wants to show up, great. And it's kind of like a reset. It's kind of like, hey, this is what I'm going through. Um, and, you know, of course, I offer one on ones, but I think it's more so that consistency, you're right. But I'm also I love working with leaders on how they can build those skills to carry that momentum. So there's not this reliance of on course. me. Um, and so, of course, I'm there for touch points. I'm there, you know, to kind of help. But I think a lot of it is really, really, really generating and teaching and having that cultural shift so that that a client, a company, a team, a leader can be self-reliant, if you will. So um, but I do I do a lot of kind of maintenance work. Um, and that's been great. And I think there's a lot of, especially, you know, I've been on a few boards and I think that's been a quarterly commitment, but there's times too where they're like, okay, we're seeing this, what can we do? And can you do this on like a macro scale and then can we scale it back and can we do that? So it's the beauty of it is that every company, you know, every team has their own set of issues that tend to fall under similar umbrellas. Right. There's different frame frameworks for handling that, just like an individual therapy. Wow, that is so amazing. That is so amazing. While you were saying that, I was thinking, huh? Because uh, you also uh, the, so so many things, the key points you made, and I was thinking when you're doing these, uh, you know, recurring, I guess, meetings, and you said, you know, it's whoever shows up. It's like, so from your uh, experience how much like the percentage wise it can be very high level of course but it's like what percentage of leadership would show up versus staff Ooh, good question so a lot of times <laughs> you know, i'm an accountant statistics no, is all i do <laughs> that's great a lot of times it's depending on kind of the separation and the lack of fluidity in the organization or just how they're set up i will separate those out a lot of times because oh, okay, you know what i mean it's kind of like if a leader comes in you know and then it's it, it's different it's different what the theme is if it's very structured and it's like hey we're going to talk about x it's right. great sometimes for the employees to see their leaders coming in and kind of sharing and being vulnerable of course. but if it's something that it just depends really Marie, I think on the topic, but a lot of times if it's something pretty specific, um, I will separate those, those out just to kind of maintain those lines, those boundaries and lines that the, that the company's already established. If, if that makes sense. Yes. Yes. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, it depends on the subject matter that you are dealing with. Of course. No, that totally makes sense because, <laughs> you know, in, in general terms is what I was thinking. And I'm like, you know, it, you know, if it's every in everything in every business, the tone at the top is the most important, right? So whether it's the financial aspect of things, if if it's sales, if it's market, it's always the tone on the top. How people are, you know, the leadership is handling everything. So in mental health, I'm like I'm thinking the same way, but I'm like, how much is the is leadership being involved? Um, you know, in in the workshops or or making sure their staff is being you know getting the training and really benefiting from that training as well. So. Um, yeah, right. because so they learn. Yeah, you're right. And so much of it too, is like the themes 
the themes are something to where everyone can relate. So it is, it's kind of that, that boundary setting. How are you living proactively versus reactively? You know, like let's right. get in touch with our resilience and how can we do that? So they seem very vague, but like, I think a lot of times we can zero in and it can be something that's applicable to everyone, regardless right. if you're the CEO or you're, you're, you know, kind of at the lowest end of the pay scale, you know? So it's, it, there are a lot of times there, there are themes that everyone can relate to. Um, and it's, like it's effective cool. communication, right? Like effective Absolutely. communication. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. It's, it's very good. And it's, I mean, I love to just the variety because everyone can relate to those topics. Of course. Of course. I mean, we can all benefit from, you know, better communication, emotional intelligence, understanding and feeling mm -hmm. other people and what they're going through and being very sensitive to how to, how to handle, you know, uh, those situations. So, Absolutely. And then on the individual level, I can see how, you know, an anxiety and stress because something affecting us on the personal level, it's going to come with us to the job or the, you know, or the business, whether we're the leader or the staff member. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I can see how you would, you know, like looking at that, I can, yeah, I can see how you would be separating those things. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. Awesome. So, um, how do you, and then again, this is from an entrepreneurial, you know, so put your entrepreneurial head on as a business owner, you know, as your consult, you know, your, your consulting business. Um, how do you go about, let's say, finding your clients, you know, because a lot of people, you know, you know, when they start their business, they're always having a hard time. And so what is the way that you use usually to kind of go about finding your clients? Yes. So just full disclosure, I am like, totally not tech savvy and not a social media person so <laughs> being for me the past like five years was like a huge thing and making my tip Tuesday videos was a huge thing and so that was a big thing of like Leah you really need to get with the here and now and so being connected that way and getting out of kind of my bubble and taking that you know positive risk was was huge so I think it's that connection but you know again given what I do and kind of my my craving, if you will, for, for intimacy and creating space, a lot of my, when I generate or try to generate new clients, it's the slow process. It's the, like, let me get to know you. It's I'm searching yeah. for that authenticity and not that other people aren't, but I am, I, I'm not on, you know, trying to kind of, I'm not a salesperson. I'm not very good at it. So a lot of times it's through word of mouth still. I mean, I would have been yeah. done great in the seventies and eighties, to be honest with you. Cause <laughs> but I think it's, it's a lot of times it's just word of mouth. It's a lot of times through consistent posting. It's yes. a lot of times through trying to make those connections and really trying to to communicate that my aim and my purpose is to serve and to, and to educate and to, cre again, create that space. And so that's really my objective. And that can come in many forms. Um, I, I've left myself very open. Um, and I think I've kind of always lived by this. I've really tried to live open mind, open heart. And so things, when you typically try to operate that way, it's very mm -hmm. interesting the connections that you stumble upon or the <laughs> that just kind of enter your world. And so yeah. for me, my big thing is kind of keeping my boundaries and not saying yes to everything under the sun, but knowing that like, if I put myself out there and I yeah. continue to make connections and I continue to put myself in environments or in places where I'm going to generate authenticity um, from other people and from myself, it, it just, it takes patience, but it just starts to morph. Yes. No, I, I feel with you. I, 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 and I'm 
totally aligned with what you're saying because um, I, I think unless people actually see the real person, they won't be able to build that trust. And if they can't build that trust, they can't work with us, right? So if we can, you know, and and you, you and before I, I move on to the next, you know, question or discussion, I wanted to kind of read out for those who would be listening on the audio version. You know, you guys, you can check out uh, Leah's uh, website. It's uh, I don't have to say the www, but uh, Leah L E A H Marone M A R O N E dot com. Leah Marone dot com. So you guys can check out her website. I also want to put out there her um, IG. You can follow her on IG at Leah Marone L C S W. Leah Marone at, at Leah Marone L C S W. Um, I also wanted to point, you know, uh, point out that you can read her blogs, and that is on Psychology Today. I can't, I don't know if I can read all of that, but if you look at, if you go on Psychology Today, you'll be able to go on their contributors and find Leah Marone, LCSW, and you'll be able to see all of her blogs there. There's all, so much resources that she's been writing. So make sure to go up out there and then check out her website, follow her on IG, and then check out some of the awesome blogs she's writing. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I already, I was, I was already checking some of these stuff because I'm, <laughs> I'm all about mindfulness, you know, being aware of who you are, and because um, uh, you know, I had another guest last week where you know she helped me through certain leadership training, and I was able to reset myself and be the you know to come out and be the person i am and that's why when you said you're know, being authentic that is truly you you know like when you try to fit into a box that's not you it's gonna be sure it's gonna be hard to kind of convince someone to work with you mm -hmm. and on the other hand when you are you then it's just naturally showing up and yeah you can make very different connections for sure so i so much i know exactly what you're saying I, i'm feeling you <laughs> it's interesting too, though, because, and I'm totally stereotyping, but I think people that have that kind of entrepreneurial, you know, kind of that entrepreneurial gene, if you will, like <laughs> we have a certain level or tend to have a higher level of like competitiveness. And that could be with ourselves. That could be also with other people or what have you. And that typically when you have that, you're prone to operating with a sense of urgency. You're prone yes. to like, this isn't good enough. This isn't good. Like, And it's sometimes very hard to regulate that because when you feel like you are regulating that, you're not giving your all. You're not yeah. living each day. You're not pushing yourself enough. And, and, and I mean, I got to combat that on a regular basis, you know, with kind of the athlete in me and an entrepreneur in me. But I think that's one of the biggest things is to is to really call yourself out and have these grounding questions that you can repeatedly ask yourself on a regular basis of like, what's my perfect purpose? What can I validate myself for? You know, what are my struggles? Am I playing fair and just being ultra critical or am I also giving myself those props? And that's huge. It's the competitiveness that drives us, but can also be our biggest sabotager. Yes. Yes, I, I, I found that about myself and I was talking about it the last week's episode is about how much I'm driven by achievement. And I didn't notice until recently when I went through that leadership training that I'm I'm driven. And I would say I'm not competing with anybody, but I am actually competing against me constantly all the time. But it was such a, a eye opener for me to realize that's what's driving me. And at the same time, what's what's sabotaging me? Because as soon as I don't hit that mark, I was actually stopping and being, oh my God. And, and then I knew how to break through that. 
and it was just a whole new game changer for me. So I, I, I love I'm loving this discussion. I'm just loving it. <laughs> you've made some strides. That's awesome. That that means you're in a you're in a good spot and you're gonna keep going. <laughs> Woo! Mm -hmm. Let's do this. Um Awesome. Awesome. So uh, let's see. What are, um, so it, this is a question I ask all the time too. So as you were building out, uh, you know, whether you're your clinic or, or, or now your uh, consulting uh, uh, business, what are some of the, the key challenges that you, you know, encountered that, you know, as you're building your, your business that you could share with our listeners and our viewers? Sure, sure. Um, well, and I kind of spoke to it a minute before, but I think too, it's the biggest thing is just having some, just having your purpose pretty well defined, mm -hmm. having your audience, having your goals, having those things pretty well defined, but also not being rigid with them. And I know that's kind of a confusing <laughs> thing because you want to kind of, you want to throw things out there, if you will, and see what what the, what the universe kind of does and offers you, but there's also that importance of being structured and staying in your lane, right? And kind of looking at other lanes, but staying in your lane, because the thing that I struggle with, I think is because I love to have, like I said, variety, which I do feel like is a pro, but it's also can be like, wow, I have so much, many things on my plate right now that like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give them all the attention and the correct attention I really want to. So it's, right. again, I think the biggest thing is figuring out what your non-negotiables are. Mm. And what I mean by that is kind of like, why did you set out on this journey? What did you want to achieve? And you mentioned too, which I think you were spot on. A lot of us go off on this journey because we do want to have certain things that we keep sacred. Mm -hmm. Right. Whether it's being our own boss, whether yeah. it's having to be taking vacation, whatever I want, whether it's creating my schedule, whether it's like having the freedom to do X, Y, Z, whether it's balancing my family life with all these things. And so not losing sight of that, yes. um, I think, is is key. Um, so that's one of the biggest things. But I do think having some sort of accountability, having a support system for yourself. And the biggest thing too, and of course, you know, I'm going to say this just because this is what I'm so passionate about is really implementing from the get-go times and practices that you reset and rejuvenate because <laughs> otherwise, you know, like most of us, you're going to be flying by the seat of your pants. You're going to be, you know, trying, 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 you're going to, you're going to be getting results or not. And even when you do, you want more, but there has to be that time, consistent time that you create or set aside for yourself to rejuvenate, to validate, to reset. Otherwise you're just going to be burning out in cycles yes. going up and down. And that's exhausting. And it, it's just, that's going to, again, distract you, I think, from all the things that you really set out to achieve in the beginning. I am totally with you on that. I, I've experienced it over and over and over in the past few years. And I would just keep going and going and going and then would just crash. And then it would take me two days to recover like physically and mentally and emotionally to just like regroup myself. And that was happening over and over until I realized how to stop that. So you just, you said it right on. And if I knew that back in the, back at the time, and this is really, this is, this is why I do the show. This is, these are the key things that I, I would like every entrepreneur to start thinking through before they start, or if they're still in the beginning of the journey, 
bringing different entrepreneurs from different walks of life to exactly showcase this is what you should be expecting. So plan this, plan that, think about this, think about that, because we we definitely learn from each other and um, and we are better because of it. So uh, I, I'm totally, I, I definitely have experienced that multiple times. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have. And I love too what you're doing as well, because you are, you're creating another outlet, I think, for for people to, to relate to and to have support. And I think being an entrepreneur, sometimes it can be quite isolating. It you is. know, so I think that's that's very important to kind of get your tribe, right? Get your crew, yes. and get your support network. Um, and I think too, like if you're constantly after the dangling fruit or kind of creating your own hanging fruit, if you will, like that's that's just also a methodology that's like going to perpetuate exhaustion. Right. So really keeping yourself grounded on, on this is my objective. This is what I'd like to do. I'm open to other things um, and things that come my way. But the biggest thing that I think that a lot of entrepreneurs that I work with and that I've experienced myself is it's very hard to kind of create that structure for yourself at times. You know, when you're yes. working in corporate, when you're working with a team, when you're working under someone, there's an element of structure that's provided Right. And a lot yes. of times that's great. A lot of times we want to get away from that, but it's hard to generate our own. You know, oh, of course. Constant multitasking, distracting than this. Oh, should I look at this? Oh, this is a new software I should look into. And we get so sidetracked on like our vision and our direction <laughs> for that day. Yes. That it's like, am I being productive? What the, what the heck am I doing? And am I just spinning my wheels? And so having those objectives and I think refraining from multitasking is huge. You just said the key word. I, I mean, you know, I, I think a, a while back that multitasking was a word. Every freaking job description was being said, and it's the worst thing you can do. You cannot finish anything in a, in a, in a good way. And you're right. As an entrepreneur, you start realizing after a while, you're like, no, no, no. I got to block off time, focus time to finish one project in its completion and get it off my desk and or off my checklist before I move on to the next thing. And, and you, I, every time that I've gotten through this being distracted, I, I end up there and I'm like, what did I do again? I, I just can't even remember what I actually worked on because yeah. it was just so many things I did, but I can't really remember which one was productive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you just banged it on the head right now. I, it, totally, that multitasking is a complete uselessness. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to know, they should be saying more like how to, manage or be your time or be you know how to use your time wisely in a productive manner versus multitasking it's the worst thing you can do uh, yes. to multitask I, yes. I'm told, I totally agree with you um let's see uh one of the other questions I usually ask usually I ask, I ask in the beginning but um in your case to me but at the end so um what is one thing that has been the biggest impact in your life it could be business and or personal you know what has been the biggest impact in your life? Hmm. Like impact, <laughs> you, think, you think impacted me like in terms of learning or impacted me just like it was a game changer or what do you think? Like could be anything. Anything. What's hmm. the first thing that comes to mind? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, I think is, I mean, really just my experiences and my up and downs and my challenges with, um, being 
being an athlete um, and, and the level of athlete that I wanted to be, I craved to be, I worked hard to be, the anxiety that I battled with, the expectations, the perfectionism, the the, the pressures, the, you know, all the things um, yeah. that clouded my vision. And, and that really speaks to how I am on a lot of levels, just individually as a person, not just an athlete. And, but I think the training that I got um, and the feelings that it generated and the, the vulnerability and the success and the, the, the failures and the, the, all the things like it really was a great framework for me, just venturing into other areas of my life. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. Each of us have our own, that biggest impact thing, you know, like, uh, so every, every person has said something, you know, so in your case, it's, it's, it's very obvious because you, you always reference the athletic part of the, your life. And, uh, so yeah, that's most probably that is the biggest impact for you. For me, it's been, um, growing up in a, you know, um, in a country where it was war most of my life. So for that, so that has been the, the biggest impact for me. And, what I thought would have been something I should be hiding. Once I started talking about it, it actually empowered me more. <laughs> I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, that is the biggest impact. And I, I now I just talk about it more comfortably, which before I never did, because I was told to keep it quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know. yeah. But yeah, we don't realize that. But yeah, our biggest impact is, is it could be anything, anything, but it just makes us who we are. Right. And I think too, it could be something that to others maybe listening or hearing about it, it could be like, oh, well, that doesn't seem that big. But again, the the feelings that it generates for each individual are, are, are completely valid and authentic, right? Yes. So that's interesting. If I could ask you a question too, like when, what kind of happened or encouraged you to kind of make that shift to start sharing about just your past and, and the environments yes. that you yeah, witnessed? So, right? For me, it was... Uh... When I went to this leadership training last year in September, and my guest was last last week, Sandra D. Robinson. Um, so that was like a really uh, touching back to who I was as a younger person back in my country. And that brought a lot of emotions of who I was, who I am. And once I came back, it was like, you know, I, I talked about it so much over there because I had to release a lot of emotion. And then after that, it was just like, well, it's out. Mm -hmm. Nobody flinched. Nobody felt bad about it or, or, or weird about it. So actually, everybody, you know, encouraged me to keep talking about it because that makes me who I am. So oh. that was like an empowerment that I got from everyone that was on my team that, you know, on that leadership training. So from there, I'm like, okay, it's part of who I am. I cannot hide it. <laughs> so I just have to say it. That's great. I love that you were given that space, like someone the, yeah. created <laughs> that space for you. And then you, what we like to say, kind of fuzzy clinical terms is like you released a suppression bubble like you released <laughs> the suppression bubble and you cleared some space for other things that's that's, that's amazing yeah that, that was uh yeah, yeah it was a great great thing so I, I i'm always i've always been uh very uh, uh connected with you say my mind and i always like to learn these things so that's why i like i love what you're talking about i'm like i, I could spend hours talking to you even more but you know <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so all right as we come closer to the end of the podcast like usually we leave uh you know with uh uh some three pointers from you to any entrepreneur that's listening or watching us today three pointers you can give them before we hang up that could help them on their journey from your experiences i think you kind of went around it maybe but just if you give yeah. us just the three pointers today. all right if i'm real concise real blunt 
prioritize your sleep. Okay. Yeah. Very important. <laughs> that's, that's a big one because that right there is a foundation. And, you know, as silly as it sounds, like adults need sleep routines too. So yeah. if you're not sleeping, think about what you're doing before to prep yourself or not prep yourself because I think sleep is huge. So that is a big one and making that part of your rhythm and routine um, to prevent burnout, to keep yourself clear and focused and on in all the ways you want to be. So that's a big one. <laughs> yes. Just for, for, for right there. I think the second one is uh, identify what your non-negotiables are. And that kind of falls in line with what your boundaries are, you know, who you are, what you hope to achieve, uh, learning how to say no. Um, and, you know, just really, I think that's a big thing. The other thing is like fueling the competitive, the competitor in you, the go-getter in you, um, while also not giving it overarching power, if that makes sense. So it's kind of keeping that side of you in check. But as you do know that it's also one of your biggest allies, it just needs to be kept uh -huh. at bay. And that's easier said than done. But I think a lot of you probably know what I'm thinking about. And that will come when you start establishing kind of your non-negotiables, when you start prioritizing your self-care and your rejuvenation, because you've got stuff to do and you got to be on a full, you got to have a full tank as much as you, as much as you can, rather than operating and carry around that full balloon. And you're going to pop at any moment. <laughs> totally true. I agree with you. I agree with you. These are great, great pointers. Thank you so much. For, for sharing uh, with us these pointers and, and your story, Leah. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for, for being here. Any other last minute message you'd like to leave our audience with? Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it's been an honor. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I could talk to you for hours as well. Um, <laughs> I think just, you know, keep your vision clear and go get it. Like, go get it. And know that there is support out there. Like, you're not doing it alone, even though it can be isolating. You're not doing it alone. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Great, Leah. Congratulations to, to you on delivering excellent service to your corporate clients, your nonprofit clients. And to, to all of our viewers and our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Please remember to subscribe, share, like, click the bell button, all these hooplas that you got to do and share the content. Please, please. This is great information we want to share with our uh, you know, fellow entrepreneurs so we can empower them as well. So let's empower each other through our experiences. So with that, until the next episode, uh, have a wonderful and blessed rest of your week.